you know what the world needs? Another podcast. Definitely needs another podcast. So that's what I'm here to do. I've been asked to start one of these things for so long. I've created a few episodes to explain things that needed a little bit more context, a little more time. And I've used this audio medium to communicate those stories and things, but I've never taken it seriously. I've never uploaded an episode to iTunes or done anything like that. It's always just kind of been whatever here and there, but I'm going to start taking it more seriously. And what I thought I would start with is just a breakdown of the yoga class that I used to teach and how I built it. Because I tell people all the time that I was making a full-time income teaching four yoga classes per week. There were 55 minutes. I had no private clients because I didn't want private clients. I didn't, I had less than 600 Instagram followers. I hated Instagram. And I post about this a lot because I use it to demonstrate and, and talk about marketing ideas, but I've never really told the story in full outside of with private clients or with meetings and when I'm in person with people. So I'm going to do that. And over these next few episodes, I'm not quite sure how many yet, cause I'm just going to figure this out as I go. I'm editing and doing all this stuff myself. I'm going to tell you about how I built that class. I'm going to start in this first episode with how I was introduced to yoga and where I got started there because it's a uh, speaks to motivation and it, it, it informs a lot of the decisions I made when I was moving forward. And then in the second episode, I will get into specifics about how I started the class. And then in the ensuing, I will go over all of the details about marketing and promotion and what I did and how I did it with no followers and all these different things. So this is episode one of Unusually Focused. I hope you dig it. Let me know if you have any questions or if there's anything I can uh, answer in f future episodes. Thank you for listening. And here's episode one. So I did not like yoga at all when I first moved to Los Angeles, or at least I was convinced that I didn't like it. I tried it a couple of times when I was living in Chicago when I was younger. I started taking mixed martial arts classes, a jujitsu class, and the teachers suggested I try it just because my hips were really what I thought was at the time. I thought they were tight. So I took a couple of yoga classes and it was pretty much what I expected it to be. You know, I was about 21 years old and I just expected it to be just like weirdos chanting and just doing like weird things that I didn't really like. And it kind of was that. So I went a couple of times and, you know, I did ended up feeling pretty relaxed and things were cool, but it never really hooked me. And I just kind of had a, you know, a lingering bad taste in my mouth about yoga in general. So it wasn't really anything I did or had any interest in. And eventually when I was a personal trainer at the time and I had a pretty successful gym, I had some employees and I got interested in marketing and I was studying marketing and that was, I, I made the shift from being focused on fitness to being focused on marketing because I had a few of my former clients who were now trainers training most of the clients and I was just more interested in marketing. So I started changing what I was talking about on the internet. And this is kind of when Twitter was just coming out before it was really big, big and popular. And I was tweeting little marketing things I was learning about and, and stuff. And there was a woman named Valerie Waters who was a she was a celebrity personal trainer in L.A. And I knew who she was because she was always in magazines. And we used one of her products at my gym, the Val Slide, which is like a sliding exercise disc for doing lunges and push ups and things like that. So we were using her product and she sent me a message one day and just said, hey, Ryan, I really like the stuff you've been posting. I was wondering, you know, if you, if you want to talk about it or something. And, and I was like, wow, this is pretty crazy. I remember I was sitting at a Borders Books when I got that 
message and I, I texted all of my employees and I was like, holy shit, Valerie Waters just messaged me. So I looked through Valerie's stuff and I could kind of tell like she had a lot of things going on, but I could tell that no one was really helping her with her internet marketing stuff. So I just hit her back and I was like, yeah, it's pretty cool. Like, uh, you know, maybe we can talk about this. And then I made a few suggestions. We ended up getting on the phone and to make this long story short, we talked a couple of times. I ended up flying to LA. We did, we did like a trial week where we just kind of did a few things, made a bunch of money. And then eventually I ended up working with Valerie and I moved to Los Angeles. So I sold my gym. I got rid of all the equipment I had. I moved to LA. I didn't know anyone. Valerie was the only person that I knew. And we did some really cool things together with her business. But during the first few months that we were working together, she was always going to this yoga class that she was trying to convince me to go to, but I just had the, had the taste in my mouth from my previous experience. And I just didn't really want to go. Um, I, it was also probably that in a combination of, I was really self-conscious about the way I would move. And I did you know, at the time I didn't want to, I wanted to look cool in front of Valerie, you know? So I avoided it and I didn't go. Eventually I relented and she convinced me to go to a class. It was a Sunday evening class at 545 for the guy named Tom. And it was, it was completely the opposite of what I remembered from my first experience with yoga in that the room was just packed mat to mat. There was probably 80 people in there. Music was turned all the way up and, and it was just, it was such a scene. It was like the crazy, it was a vinyasa yoga class and it was a, it was just a LA yoga scene. It was insane. And I, I felt really good after that class. It was, it was a work to me. It was just a workout. I did a bunch of push ups every, every, every like sun salutation thingy or whatever we did. Um, I did a bunch of push ups and, and, and that was the game. And at this place, it was actually common for people to just leave after the sort of first part of the class was over with all the standing poses. And then we would go to the floor and, and, and people would slowly just start making their way out. They didn't even stay for Shavasana. It was just part of the culture, you know? So that's what I thought was you were supposed to do. So I, I was doing the same thing. And, and over time, I did end up staying for longer. And there would be some some classes where when I didn't feel like I had to hurry up and get out of there to do something else, I would stay the entire time. And, and, and I was glad that I did. But it was never it, for me. It was just it was a workout. It was fun. And that's all I really was going to yoga for. So I did this for a few years. I went to these classes and I did my workout and occasionally I would stay for the whole class. And most of the time I would not, I would just leave. And I started experimenting with meditation. I read books about it and I would, I would sit down and try things and I kind of had a habit, but not really. I just kind of would do it for a few days and then stop. Um, but I felt like there was something there and I was researching it, but I never really took it very seriously until yoga teacher training. So yoga teacher training, I had no intentions to teach. It wasn't interesting to me at all. And actually what happened was I was friendly with the owner and the manager of the studio and they were about to be starting to promote a yoga teacher training they had coming up. And they asked me if I could help because I had over the years, I had, you know, just given them little tips and tricks about things they could try with social media and all kinds of stuff. So I, I sort of had you know, earn some favor with them. And they knew what I, they knew that I knew what I was talking about. So they asked me if I could help, but the fees for me to do all of the marketing that needed to be done and build all of the things that needed to be built were too much for them. So what I just suggested, I was like, look, I'll do it. And then I just want a spot in the training. We'll just, it'll just be a even trade. And then we'll just see what happens after that. You know? So I did. I, and, and I sold her training out. We had like, I think there was almost 50 people in that thing. It was ridiculous. It was super fun. It was like a weekend thing over the summer. And it was actually a, only a hundred hour program. So I still have only a hundred hours of teacher training, but throughout the marketing of this thing, I, I just, I made myself as available as I could to, again, further my relationship with the owner and just build a network of people that I knew because I 
still, I was new to LA. I was a transplant here. I had some friends that I made at the gym and stuff, but I still, I didn't have a huge network. So I was just trying to contribute value where I could and I helped them out. So in teacher training, when we started it, I still had no plans to teach yoga. And one of the best things about teacher training was we had to teach every single time. So the very first session we showed up to, we had to teach a very basic sun salutation, right? And I was just frozen. I was, it was the most excruciating, embarrassing thing. I hadn't spoken in front of people for years and it was, it was awful. I was, I was awful, but we had to do it every single class. So like in the beginning, it was just, we would teach to small groups. We'd pick a few people and then we'd go and teach each other later on. It would grow, but that was one of the coolest parts about teacher training for me. But the thing that changed everything for me and the thing that actually led to me deciding to teach yoga was in the middle of the training, we cha- it was very experiential outside of the um, little bits of practical sort of teaching stuff that we were learning and that one of the teachers, Steve Ross, he was a really a big meditator and he had years and years of experience being a monk and all kinds of stuff. He actually came, he was a rock and roll. He used to play with Fleetwood Mac and all this stuff back in the day. And he met some guru or something on tour once. And then he, then he eventually dropped the whole rock and roll thing and became a, a yoga teacher, a really popular yoga teacher. He's had a, he had a TV show on oxygen called, uh, inhale it was really, it brought a lot of people into yoga. Steve, Ro- Steve Ross is one of the biggest gateways into, into yoga in, in America that I know of. So Steve also loves meditation. So our teacher training, we did a lot of meditation and we did a lot of like weird meditations and we did a lot of things where we had to sit down for per- longer periods of time than I had ever tried to meditate for. So like 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes. I think we did almost an hour once. And it was after one of these long meditation sessions where I was walking back home after the teacher training day was over. And I noticed that I was able to hold eye contact with people as I passed by them on the sidewalk. I went to a Whole Foods and even the cashier. It was like striking the difference, the way I felt in my ability to hold eye contact because it was something that I had been struggling with for a really long time. I was really self-conscious in conversations about where my eyes were and I couldn't hold eye contact. And I was, it was, it was a really painful thing for me. I'm pretty sure it was the years and years I had spent previously in front of the computer, um, both on AOL when I was younger. And then when I started getting into marketing and doing all of this internet stuff where I just kind of something happened, I stunted my social ability or, or something, but it, but it made me really self-conscious. And it was after that day of meditating when I was like, wow, this is crazy. Like what, what the hell? And I had this sort of moment where, I don't, I, you know, when I read books about this, like, like a book like Eckhart Tolle, when he talks about his like moment of realization or whatever, I'm like, eh, whatever, motherfucker. I don't know. But this was really kind of like that where I, I realized what I wanted to be was I wish I had found this years prior. Like I wish I had this experience when I had first tried yoga, where I felt the way that I felt then I felt completely at ease and comfortable. So I've had this thing where I was like, man, I want, I want to be the guy that I wish I found. So I decided then that like, okay, maybe I am interested in teaching yoga and maybe I can make it cool for people that were like me before that don't like all the hippie shit, but just want to get some of the benefits from the practice and, and more of the subtle benefits. Cause what happened with me at the studio I went to is like, I was, I was exposed to a style of practice, a style of physical practice that was interesting to me that opened my mind to other things, but it really didn't open to the more subtle things until I had this really crazy experience. And so that, that was what kind of opened the door to me and, and opened my mind to, to the possibility of me actually teaching yoga. But up until that point, I was just kind of there just to do it for fun and, and, and just to see what happened. Mm. 
And so throughout teacher training, I had been trying to make myself as useful as I could. So I offered to start a Facebook group for everyone who was in the training and I helped them just kind of manage that and be around and and do some things to keep it active. I also had a brand new camera that I had purchased for my work with Valerie that I would bring to the teacher training sessions. And when we do, when we do fun things, I would take photos. So I kind of became the guy who took all the fun photos. So after the sessions were over, after the weekend was over, I would go and post those, those photos in the group and tag people and and just start conversations or recap things that we learned or whatever. So I was really vocal and active one, because I wanted, again, I just, I just wanted to improve my relationships with the owners of the studio because I know they're really powerful, influential people. And I thought they were a good connection. And also because it's a cool way to make a splash amongst this little community that had formed in the teacher training group itself. So which was valuable to me when I actually started teaching. So we finished the teacher training at the end of summer. And I, at this point I had been thinking more about teaching and one of the teachers at the studio was leaving a class, like an afternoon class, a Tuesday, Thursday at 4.30 p.m. class. And because I had been doing so much for the group and and my teaching actually improved quite a bit. So like I was really nervous in the beginning teaching in front of people, but eventually I got comfortable with that because we did it all the time. And the owner asked me, actually the manager at the time, because the owner really, he was teaching a lot and, and doing yoga things, but the manager kind of ran the whole operation. Steve didn't really like to do that very much. And she asked me, she's like, Hey, so the, this class is opening up. If you wanted to try it, Steve told me to ask you. So I was like, uh, okay. I, I, I remember, I remember getting a text about it and making sure that I said yes before I talked myself out of it. So I just replied, yes, I'll do it. And I th- think I started the class the next week and because I was doing so much with the Facebook group and because I was just adding as much value as I could, I was able to garner a pretty sizable turnout for my first class. And it turned out to be pretty cool. And I really wasn't happy with my teaching at all. I was still very nervous and I really didn't know what the hell I was doing, but I, you know, I played cool music and I cracked jokes and I tried to be personable as as much as I could be. I was still very nervous and shy about it, but it worked out. And that class, like the first class was really successful. The second one, people were still supporting me, but it was a, it was a great thing for me to have the support initially because I had been building this network. Cause remember I'm not from Los Angeles. I don't have like a lot of friends here outside of the people that I just knew from the yoga community and the little things that I did around with different work projects and things like that. So it was, it was encouraging for me to be able to, to pull some people in. And it's, it's also just a, a, a good place for me to, you know, remind you that adding value to communities like this in, in lots of different ways is a good thing. So that when you are going to do something new, or you're going to start something that you have a bunch of people who are more willing to support you because you've been a, a factor in their life, you know? So the class ended up going, okay. It was a notoriously difficult class to build at that studio and even other ones around town. That time just didn't really work out. And the studio itself was very um, destination teacher focused where it was like, Steve was like a celebrity yoga teacher. And, and as was Tom, his sort of right hand. And those two guys would pull most of, most of the business was out of their classes. Right. And so, so not only was it just difficult being a new teacher in a city where yoga is extremely competitive, but when you're at a studio like that, where there's very famous teachers, it's like the people that go to that studio, they want to go to the famous teachers, you know? So I was up against a lot, but I was charging it and I was working it and I was using Facebook a lot. I wasn't doing anything with Instagram at the 
the time. I didn't really like it. I, you know, especially when it came to my yoga practice, I couldn't do any of the crazy physical postures or anything. So I didn't have anything to show off. So I wasn't a big fan of Instagram. I was more into Facebook and I was doing as much as I could with promoting it. Just I had a personal page, no business, nothing serious, no email list, no nothing. And I was talking about it and it was working out. It was growing slowly and I, and I was having more success than other teachers had had in that time slot. But Eventually, I started becoming frustrated because I just didn't have enough control of the marketing. I was so used to having control of how the message was delivered and how everything was portrayed in with my work as a trainer and with my clients after that, that I I was having a hard time um, feeling good about what I was doing when I wasn't teaching because I wasn't able to talk to everyone the way I wanted to talk to them. So I became a little bit frustrated. And around December, I started thinking, what the hell else can I do here? So in the next episode, I will get into specifics. I will talk about what I started doing in early December to prepare myself for the beginning of burn yoga in January of 2014. I'll tell you about what I did to build the initial network and how I got the first class to go off. I'll talk about all the things I did to promote it. And then over the following episodes, I will continue breaking it down and tell you how the business worked and all the things that I did that worked really well. And some of the things that I did that didn't work so well. And hopefully by the end of it, you'll have a pretty good idea about how you can use either some of the techniques to improve the classes you're already teaching, or if you wanted to start something new, or if you're not teaching yet at all and you wanted to begin something new, I'm hoping that this series of podcasts will give you some ideas and maybe even a little bit of a kind of a dirty word, but inspiration to do something similar. So thanks for listening and I'll see you in there. You're not going to see me. Damn it. Fucking up the first episode now. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll talk to you in episode two.